everyone. Morning, guys. I'm sure many of you Morning. know uh, many of you know Ivan from his short films and his documentaries and also his features. Uh, his first feature was the beautiful and very touching Beneath Clouds. He followed it up with Tumala a couple of years ago in competition at the festival. Quite a uh, confronting and very powerful film set up in uh, in Tumala near the New South Wales border, New South Wales Queensland border. And now he's opened the Sydney Film Festival. He's had the honour with uh, Mystery Road, an Australian Western that uh, has Aaron Peterson as a kind of very powerful cowboy type figure who strides across the outback landscape investigating the, uh, the brutal murder of a teenage girl. Ivan, can you tell us firstly about this idea and, and where it came from? It's obviously been gelling for a while. Yeah, about five years ago I had an idea um, about an uh, indigenous cop who was stuck between the establishment and uh, the local community um, that he was a part of. But at that point, it was a, a very, it was just a few lines that I'd written down and it was set in the uh, inner city. It actually set in Sydney. But, um, and I spoke to Aaron Pedersen about it at that point and he was uh, very interested. But uh, I went on to something else at that point. Um, I think I went to Nevada and um, just made a crazy experimental film there that hasn't been released yet. Um, but yeah, five, six years later, um, I picked up that paragraph again and um, basically uh, looked at setting that same story in the outback and uh, that's where it went from there. You've spoken about the fact that there is a personal basis to that story, that there have been members of your extended family who've been involved in crimes that influenced how you told the story? Yeah, there's a few elements to the to the story there's you know the the indigenous cop is something um that i wanted to explore because uh i i guess i identify with that conflict of being torn between two cultures um growing up in a small town um with an indigenous mom and an absent european father not quite belonging to uh the, the white people in town or to the family aboriginal family um so that's one element and the other element um, that I drew upon was, uh, yeah, there's the, the treatment of, uh, um, in this case, indigenous women um, who were victims of crime, especially out in the country. Um, uh, a distant cousin of, of my mother, she was found under a roadway up in northwest in South Wales and uh, that was seven or eight years ago and uh, nothing's been really done about that case. The perpetrator hasn't been caught and there just has been a, a lack of sensitivity from the local police. And, uh, you know, and there's an, also another one in Tamworth, um, another a cousin of mine who was found murdered and uh, that was six years ago and nothing's been done about that either. And, you know, and, it, and, and this is repeated all over the country really. Aaron Peterson plays Jay Swan, who's a really great character. He's kind of... He's got a dignity that actually allows him to uh, move through with these sort of slights and humiliations that are going on around him, and he's very determined, uh, despite the fact he's not getting any support from the police. Is there anybody who's like that that you based it on, or is, is this an entirely fictional character? Um, yeah, it's just a fictional story. Um, but when we went out to start uh, looking at locations, Aaron and I drove out there in a car, and he felt that there was a lot of me actually in, in that character. And so he started um, watching me um, as, I was, as we were walking around and 
um, yeah, he just, there was a quietness that he said I had and, um, and uh, I guess a, um, so, uh, a, a, a kind of confidence, a restrained confidence kind of thing. And so I think he drew upon that actually. He, 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 he used me a lot and watched me as I was driving and you know, he'd just be staring at me sometimes. I'd look across at him and it's like, what are you looking at? You know? And he's got to get some influence from somewhere. Uh, tell us, you, you do so many things so well in filmmaking. You write, you direct, you shoot yourself, which is remarkable because it's an astonishing looking film as well as these other layers that are going on. You edit, you compose. Why do you do all these jobs? Because I started doing them a long time ago, I think. Um, like, I, I didn't really know all those roles were... You know, you see the credits on Hollywood movies and you know, there's a lot of people involved, but um, when I first started making things, I, I kind of did, did everything. And um, it wasn't until I went to film school that I realised that you had to start, you know, you can't do all this, you have to let them do it, you know. So film school is where I actually noticed where you had to really, you know, do this collaboration thing. But um, um, my first uh, degree was a photography degree and during, during that um, time... Um, that's when I fell in love with film because I, there was a, one subject called audio-visual presentation where I could put my slides, it's like a slideshow basically, and, um, and instead of using other music, I used my own music. So I, I played guitar a bit from when I was in high school and um, from that moment where I was doing music and putting it with my slides, with my images, that's when I started you know, doing it in a way where the sound and image comes together but it comes comes from somewhere deep inside and um, not from external influences. And I guess I've taken, taken it from that very pure moment to now. Great credit to you about how well you, you do them all. Uh, this time, when we saw Tumala, and even with Beneath Clouds, you were working with people who were, I guess you would say non-actors or first-time actors or new actors anyway, inexperienced ones. This time you suddenly have Hugo Weaving, Jack Thompson, Ryan Quanton, a whole cast of kind of classic Australian actors. What was that like? I was a dream. It was, um, it was just that, and, and talking about doing those roles, that's, that, that freed me up to actually concentrate on the frame even more, concentrate on, on the, the lighting and, and how I was portraying the story and, and, and the actors. So, uh, you know, they, they're very experienced and they, they brought a lot of... Uh, it brought a no lot of knowledge and uh, you know had lots of ideas about their characters and so um, and that and that and that uh, um, you know progressed the script and the story as well. So and, and they were just so supportive. You know everyone who every actor on that film um, did it from the heart. And by the end of the shoot, no one wanted to go home. Everyone just were out in the outback and having a great time and. Uh, you know, our, our gaffer flew down from the Gold Coast and bought his own tickets because he was just so proud and um, excited to, to see the end result. There are some lovely performances too, even in uh, the sorts of roles that, you know, big actors would not normally do. Roy Billing plays a, a scene, just one scene. Uh, I think Jack Thompson's only in one scene, isn't he? So that's kind of, again, reflects how highly these actors think of you that they would do that. Yeah, and no, I think they, they, they really just didn't really respected the script, I think. Um, you know, like, like 
it's just a range of responses. Like Hugo just really wanted to work with me, and then Jack, who Jack Thompson, just you know, he 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 said he likes to work with people, but he doesn't turn up unless he really thinks the script is something, something there in the script. He said something like, "If it ain't on the page, it's not on the stage," you know, something like that. So um, yeah, it's just the. Um, and, and Bruce Spence, you know, he's just a small role too. But I just, I, I, I like we did the casting between ourselves, and um, well, I was very particular about um, who I wanted for these small roles, and so we uh, we targeted them early on. But we didn't have everyone confirmed until the last minute because the, everyone, all of those actors, the problem with them is that they're all so busy, and you know, and so just coordinating the schedule was the, the biggest challenge. And that with the you know the weather and one plane a day, and all that stuff. So you shot it up in Winton, which is outback Queensland. It looks fantastic in the film. Tell us why you chose that place. Um, I initially came across Winton just from the Screen Queensland um, location library, and uh, once we went out there, it was just um, it's just such a range of landscape. You've got uh, very flat country. Um, uh, with almost nothing, and then you've got amazing outcrops, um, very, very red. It's just, and also the town's just very supportive as well. It's a small town, but they, you know, they had the proposition out there um, a few years ago, so they were well versed in in the the needs of a of a of a film shoot. And um, yeah, it was all those combination combination of thing. But we didn't, like I was saying before, that, and and it was supposed to be the driest time as well. So. But that didn't turn out to be true, you know, with all the rain we got. Uh, and am I right in thinking that the town that you've portrayed is kind of based on Mudgee? Is that right? No, not Mudgee. In uh, where, where is Maury. it? Maury. Maury. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, it's that that town like Tam, like Tamworth and Maury, Dubbo, those larger rural towns where you've got uh, a big mix, an indigenous population as well as a local. Uh, non-indigenous population, and um, and all those towns have a pretty large ha uh, public housing area, where uh, that big mix goes on. And uh, you know, uh, Tamworth has a bit of a drug problem, Maury, Dubbo, yeah, and uh, you know, and there's also uh, some police involvement there going on. Uh, tell us, uh, David, about your involvement. You produced Tumala with Ivan. This time was a different challenge. It's a, it's a much bigger film, much more complicated, shooting on location. Uh, must be entirely on location, I'd imagine. Uh, what was the experience like for as a producer pulling all this together? Um, it, was, uh, it was a very good experience. Uh, we, we had a, a really, really good time. And uh, as Ivan said, uh, the town of Winton was very supportive. Um, our biggest problem, as Ivan said, is that uh, we were deluged with quite a bit of rain and uh, most unexpectedly we got one big lot of rain and thought oh well we'll cope with that and then we got another lot and um, we had to send people home and uh, you know we're looking at Ivan he's going what am I going to do now and we, we had to but uh, luckily he's very flexible so we were able to find some other locations and it's an old seabed out there it's actually so when it gets wet it just turns to mud you just cannot even walk in it so uh, it was pretty challenging, actually, with the weather, but um, I think, um, you know, we had a small crew and they were uh, very, very supportive. Um, it wasn't... The cast and crew were very supportive of uh, Ivan's vision. 
so um, I think everyone had a really good time. People, you know, when you sort of uh, talk about a suit as being a bit of a special one, uh, I certainly felt that about Mystery Road. Isn't it interesting how connected films are to filmmaking is to the environment? Because we've seen rain affect Mad Max, eventually drove it off to Namibia. It uh, had great effect on Great Gatsby as well, a huge studio film that actually had a lot of studio stuff as well as location filming, and, and your film as well. It's interesting how it kind of affects the creative process. Uh, can you both talk a little bit about how you saw it as a genre film? Obviously, there's a, a Western current running through it. There's the murder mystery element as well, and there's also some some very powerful character drama. How do you sort of set that up and how do you get it to play? Well, it, it was always going to be a murder mystery. It was always going to start with a body and just have a, you know, start from there and just take an audience on this journey. Um, and, but I, I just wanted, you know, I could, I could have structured the story where, you know, you intercut between the bad guy or, you know, or, or what's going on behind the scenes, but I just wanted to really uh, let the audience walk through the shoes of this indigenous cop. And so it's not just someone trying to, to solve a crime, which is kind of the main thrust, but I think what gives it um, a different perception is that it's an you know, indigenous cop um, and he has to negotiate between these two different worlds as he's, as he's trying to solve the crime. Now, it's something we haven't really seen before um, in this country. Um, you know, like the bony, the bony uh, books and TV shows from the past, you know, that's, that's more of a... That characters it doesn't really have an indigenous um, perspective on that. But, uh, yeah, it was... From the beginning, we just wanted to... To, to go with the genre and the western thing just kind of came with the location because once I initially I was going to shoot it in the in the cotton country northwest New South Wales but I felt it wasn't strong enough and so when I found that Winton outback location I just it became cattle country and then that became cowboy country and so all of the production design the costuming came as a result of that that location uh. Was Aaron Peterson always going to be the, the lead? He's very effective in it. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, I, I pretty much wrote this story for him. And um, uh, he was just really, you know, he was just ecstatic when I emailed him with the script out of the blue one day. And because um, he was just wasn't doing much that, at, the, at that time. And so, um, yeah, he's just, uh, he's done so much television and um, he's very well crafted in, in uh in the, the whole police procedural thing, but I just really wanted to to get him and you know have have a, give him a chance to um, express his uh, Aboriginality as a cop, as well as um, give him a chance to to use that non-verbal expression, um, which I I kind of enjoy in my films. And so there's a lot of silences in the film where he's just ticking, his mind just ticking over, and that's what he was really drawn to. That's right, he's a lot of thinking, but there's also a lot of just the way he just absorbs and moves on when somebody calls him boy or when something, there's some, you know, sneer from one of the townsfolk as well. That was really interesting, and I wonder if that's your experience, for example, of how frequently there are daily insults or daily moments that you have to deal with. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just it's just a part of the nature of the character that I wrote. That I wrote. Um, uh, um, there's just one point um, in the film where he kind of loses some control and he grabs hold of uh, Damien Walsh Howling, and I think that actually, um, you know, it just helps to show him that he's a human being as well. And uh, you know, because his drug dealer's talking about how he knows his daughter, um, and so. Um, you know, he, he was even, he was a smoker at one point in the script as well, but when, when we got out there, we just, we, he, we put a cigarette in Aaron's hand and it just didn't feel right. Um, so the non-drinker, non-smoker, indigenous cop, um, who's, you know, doesn't react too strongly to the, to the racist attitudes, it's just something that, I guess, you know, it was in the script initially, but also just developed with Aaron out there as well. You realise that might have cost you the Marlborough sponsorship you could have supplemented the budget with? Yeah, yeah. But as you know, it's so nice to have, have that. He's a bit of, I think he's going to be a bit of a role model for a lot of uh, young Aboriginal kids, which is a good thing. Yeah. Even though, you know, he shot five white guys or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, David, you mentioned on opening night at the festival that you're releasing yourselves. Tell us how that works. Well, um in the past, Ivan's, uh, because of Ivan's skills, um, uh, he really does the stills. He shoots his poster stills. Uh, he cuts the trailer. Uh, he doesn't just cut the trailer. He makes the music for the trailer. He does the graphics for the trailer and, and cuts the sound. So, I mean, just in the past, we've been... Well, Ivan really has been creating the materials. Uh, and so it's sort of, you know, that's a major function of the release of the film. And so we were sort of partly already doing a lot of that work and uh, um, recently there was a firm in Melbourne who started called the Backlot Studios and this is a model from the past where there's a, a sort of a fixed fee um, theatrical sales, in other words they deal with the cinemas and book the cinemas and deal with the cinemas which is quite a specific skill we don't have. So once those guys were available and we'd heard about them um, Ivan's ability to create the materials and their ability to deal with the cinemas, it sort of, it sort of makes sense, really, you know. And uh, so um, it's a, I guess it's a logical step for us. Ivan does so much of the... You know, we're a company that does a lot of the stuff ourselves. And so it's it, it sort of... Uh, it fits with our ethos, really. Great. It, uh, so tell us when you're, when you're planning a release so that everybody here can tell their friends. Well, it's, it's still in the balance. The press, there has been some press that uh, it's uh, August 15, and, uh, but that may, it may, that may or may not be the case. So uh, do, uh, do stay tuned and we'll certainly let you know when the film is going to be released in Australia. It's, um, uh, all right, keep a track on the Herald. Uh, we'll, we'll report it. Um, tell us also, Ivan, you've mentioned about your interest in becoming more of a mainstream filmmaker. Uh, clearly Beneath Clouds was a beautiful film. It was very much an arthouse film. Tumula was a really terrific film. Uh, again, an arthouse film. This one, clearly you see as something that you want to kind of connect with a mainstream audience, and I'd imagine both in Australia and overseas. What's your kind of career path as you imagined as a, as a filmmaker? I, when I, I grew up in a country town and, and um, I've loved cinema since I was very young, and, um, you know, the biggest influence I had from my childhood are, you know, com big commercial films. Um, it wasn't until I went to, to study at uh, film schools that I actually saw my first art house film, I think, probably. But, um, 
initially, film festival, probably. <laughs> initially, I just wanted to uh, express my my childhood and and the things that I felt growing up, and and uh, um, I guess um, in doing that, those films have become art house films. Um, but I'm, I I really want to. Uh, make films for bigger audiences, and but I think they will always have uh, an indigenous perspective to a degree because they'll be my my perspective. And uh, but of all, you know, I, we see Mystery Road as a stepping stone um, to 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 make uh, more more mainstream commercial films, and it's and it's I actually am very excited about it. It's something I've I've been wanting to do for a while. I, like after Beneath Clouds in 2002, I, that's what I was I was going to. That was what I wanted to do. But um, yeah, it just took a while to start kind of getting to the point where I could do it. Do it. I don't know. I just I had a lot more expression to do. I think so I did a lot of documentaries, and you know I, there was the stuff about a great auntie of mine who had been taken away from our family when you know from the from the mission when she was. There's, there's all sorts of stories I wanted to to tell, and I could tell those. A lot of those in documentary form, but now I feel like um, uh, I really want to, you know, carry the, uh, I guess, a, a sensitive perception into the commercial um, arena, and um, and the next films is is um, you know is is the full step across the, the creek. It's the uh, you know, fully blown commercial mainstream film. Now I know that while we were all uh, waking up and having breakfast this morning, the uh hardest working as well as the most multi-talented filmmaker in Australia was uh, working on his next script. So maybe you can tell us a bit about this one. It's set in China. It, it's not really set in China. It's just, it's a, it was originally like that, but now it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a science fiction film. It's a romance uh, action film, but it's just set in a future city which has a Chinese influence on, on, on the city. Um, but yeah, it's 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 something that um, has has grown and it's still growing. And I'm still trying to to uh, keep it contained. It just seems to be going up in budget every day at the moment. Good. Now, why China? I went to Hong Kong about six years ago, and I just fell in love with it. And I just really wanted to make a film there. Um, and it was actually at that point I was going to make a martial arts film. But you know, it's just been a it's just been a really long journey that that whole film. And then I, I went into the mainland, and um, I've always felt an attraction to Chinese culture. Um, and uh, I've spent a lot of time there over the last few years. There's just something, and, and I had like two years to cut Dreamland as well. So I just really um, got a chance to really play with editing. For me, it was like a big film course, where you got to do all these roles over a long period, and but no pressure. It was total freedom for me and that's I think why I talk about it as being a really important thing for me because there's it, it basically I did everything it was just me and an actor so I did you know costume as well and everything um, and so that allowed me to go on to do Tumala where I, I couldn't really take a big crew into that environment and um, hope to capture something that was real so um, no pressure whatsoever um, you know, and we, we spent money on that film, which we haven't recouped yet. And so, um, you know, there's no, there's, no, there's no one, you know, waiting, waiting for us to, to, to force something out. 
but it was just that freedom. It was just the freedom to 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 shoot something um, and not worry about the audience too much. But um, you know, but you worry about it when you finish it, <laughs> when there's no one who wants to watch it. Or well, I hope we get to see it at some stage. Okay, we'll take um, over there, and we'll come over here next year. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ivan, for making Misty Road. I really, really love it. And I really hope you do release Dreamland. I so want to see it. Um, looking back over your films, I can often see the seeds of, of one film kind of like then blossom in the next film. Thinking of like, um, I think, one word in Strangers, your first, oh, Dark Strangers, Warm Strangers. Um, yeah. You know, that silence sort of like coming out in other films. Um, the seed of, of um, in Beneath Clouds, you can see that in a short film of yours. And the way in which you made Mystery Road, you can see ways of working very, you know, just yourself making, doing lots of the roles in Tumala. And, and maybe even the one professional actor in Tumala, you then see that blossoming into many professional actors in this. When you've made a film, do you reflect back and think, okay, that worked. I'll I'll try it again and, and push it further. Um, I don't know. I think with Mystery Road, it's such a different film to Tumala, so I find it hard to actually think about drawing upon Tumala something to put into Mystery Road. Um, I, I think there are similarities between Mystery Road and Dreamland, craft-wise, because um, uh, it's more of a precise. Even though it was like a, a free thing, it was, I was being more precise about what I was doing with the frame. And um, I think the precision that I approached Mystery Road with, I think that will go up even another level with, with the next film. And um, because it's, it's, a, it's a big commercial film and everything has to be so tight and um, I guess tailored for a big audience. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any conscious thing that I really, you know, you know, there'll be action scenes in that film as well. And I think doing the Mystery Road action scene, you know, will really help me to go on and to to um, to uh, do a to do a big action film. But um, for for me, I just realised how much time that takes. Like to, to, to when you start killing people, it just takes so long, you know. And, and we were so tight, our budget was so tight, we only had one chance at everything. So, um, because if, if it didn't work, then we just, it's another hour reset. And then, you know, the sun's down. Um, I just have a question for Ivan. It's pretty clear that you have the technical aspects of filmmaking down pat. How do you find working with the actors um, as they sort of progressively get better? up the sort of spectrum? I mean, is there a language that you employ? Do you refer to Stanislavski's method? I mean, I don't, I don't know. What, like, do you find working with people like Jack Thompson, Hugo Weaving, I mean, how do, does your language change and alter over the process? Um, I think if you look at it in a way where no matter who, who you engage with, I think, well, I, I slightly change the way I communicate depending on who I'm talking to. Um, like someone with Jack, he's, he's, he's always got something to offer you, something to tell. So for me, he becomes like an elder, you know? And so I take that role as a young person who's respecting an elder. And, and with Aaron, it's something where we're more, we're on this, more the same kind of way, uh, you know, same level. And, uh, 
and we end up just, you know, just, just choking with each other, calling each other names, all kinds of crazy stuff. And so, and there's everything in between. Um, but in saying that, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I have worked with actors before, and especially from film school, and even in Beneath Clouds, we had a few um, you know, ac professional actors, and you know, I do. I do talk in term in a different language with them as opposed to the non-actors. You know, like I talk, I, I talk objectives and I talk action, those simple things um, with the with the actors. And um, but more, more than that, it's actually just adapting a connection where it's right. You know, where you can just communicate freely. I wonder, David, from your point of view, what's it like knowing that Hugo Weaving is going to land on your film set and he's been on the set of The Matrix and he's been on Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? Does that kind of bring a different responsibility or a different pressure? Yeah, it does. And, um, I mean, we had a very, very lucky experience, I think. Um, most of the people... Um, uh, yeah, look, it was just a terrific experience having those actors come up and many of them came for a day or two days or three days and uh, it was a long way to come, um, you know, it's a small plane. So it was just, uh, we were really appreciative of, and I think that um, everyone agree the performances are universally good in the film and uh, it was just, I think, um, it's just a very good experience for the future that... Uh, uh, the relationship that Ivan has with those actors. I think you'll see some of those actors back in um, future films. And um, uh, it just, I think the relationship was just uh, really good and very valuable for us um, as we move into bigger films. Um, hi, David. Hi, Ivan. Love your work. Um, just wondering, Ivan, you're talking about doing your next film in China and wanting to do a more commercial global market films. Will you still weave in indigenous content story into that film and will there ever be a time that we don't have to say it's an indigenous film or indigenous content is this an Australian film or a global film and would that be a good thing or a bad thing like I was saying before I, I don't think I don't think I could make anything um, without showing to any some kind of level of in, indigenous uh, perspective, um, like that film, it's, it's it's set in some future city, and it shows how the environment has uh, degraded. It, it's the the environment's changed to a very uh, a very negative kind of place. There's, there's there's no blue sky. There's no green greenery. We're uh, we're eating cloned animals, and you know, just it's just I just. The whole idea of it being in a place where we've gone totally away from nature, but it's something that everyone craves, and so that that's going to be a, a kind of a core fit, um, theme in that film, and it's a very indigenous kind of theme as well. Um, but you know, I've I've got I've still got I've got another story I want to do as well, um, back in Australia. Um, after that, so I'm. I've, which may not even be which, uh, a film, which will be, you know, it won't be an international commercial film. So um, it's not that I would just want to always pursue that path. But yeah, you know, it, I've had the indigenous filmmaker tag for ever since I started, and it's something um, I think that 
may go away on its own. Um, I can't tell people not to say it. I just think it's a, a natural progression that will come from the work. Um, and yeah, if you've got indigenous themes in your film, I think people are, you know, and the character is indigenous, it's hard to imagine journalists not um, talking about it as an indigenous film, you know. Uh, hi, guys. Um, a, a specific sort of question about the script. In terms of the first draft, Ivan, that you showed David, um, what, were there many differences between what you sent to Aaron to read and then what we see on the screen? And, and I suppose the second question is, are, are you or could you be as passionate about another script that you haven't wrote yourself to direct? Um, I don't actually remember what point the script was at when, when we sent it to Aaron the first time. Um, uh, I guess it, I, I know that some of the, the, end, the end of the film was quite different. Um, the ending kind of changed not long before the shoot, actually. Um, do you remember? I remember. Yeah. Um, sorry, what was the, the second part of that question? Um, I don't know. It, I... I don't read other scripts very much, and I, I'm actually so busy with my own story that it's very difficult to um, actually put it down. And um, like, I'm just so excited about the next project. I'm just so as has been going for six or seven years. This film, this story, and uh, I'm really, really passionate about. It. I'm so excited about doing it. And also, part of it is actually tapping into that big international audience. You know. Um, yes, you know, it's got, I've, I just listen to music as I'm writing and I just, you know, like yesterday morning I just burst into tears because I could just see this scene and I could hear this music and I just, and I'm sitting in a cafe, just, you know, tears all over my face. Just, so that kind of passion is, it's hard to put that down and pick up some other piece of, some other script and, and try and get into it. What sort of music do you listen to? Is it music evoking the scenes, music that inspires the film? Yeah, sometimes it's, it's music that you feel that could almost match the scene that you're writing. Um, uh, uh, like, like there's, and, and there's, at the moment I'm listening to two kind of types of music. One is very ambient, um, um, and one is the opposite. It kind of inspires action. Um, so go between, going between the two of them, and, and I guess that's what that film is. It's it's romance film and it's an action film. There's moments of this subtle kind of love moment moments, and then it's balanced with this these action moments at the same time. Uh, I suspect everybody's probably seen the film, but uh, maybe you seem to have a lot of fun with the kind of shootout at the end. Uh, if, we, if we can talk about that without giving too much away. Yeah, the shootout is something that I, I was a little bit nervous about, a bit anxious about, because I, I really wanted, wanted it to be a bit special and, a, and very beautiful, a beautiful thing, almost um, like artistic, poetic, and um, very natural at the same time. And so I, was, um, I had gave myself a lot of pressure, but 
we actually and I and and so I gave myself like seven days or something to shoot that, um, but we ended up maybe with four in the end because of the rain, um, and uh, and then and I during the process I learnt that oh this takes a lot of time and so, but I had all kind of approaches where I wanted to to you know storyboard and and be very prepared for it, but I nothing was coming. I just couldn't think of how to actually. Do, Shoot, shoot it until I was actually there on location and I actually made it up as I went in the end and just taking in the moment and the image and the, the light and, um, and trying to just get it done as well as trying to portray something as strongly as I could. Just, I'm interested to know you talked about growing up as a boy um, being sort of conflicted between two cultures. I mean, how much of your own personal experience bleeds into your into your stories um, from you know your childhood experiences even if it is a fictional story I mean do you find that often you're referring to conversations that you've shared with you know friends family um, and I guess the second part to the question I'm sorry is um, um, I'll, yeah I'm just we'll stick with one question yeah, I think. sorry especially for the for my first few films I've drawn a lot from my own childhood and my own experience but as you know you can only do that for so long when you start repeating yourself so now I really um, it's my experience of experiencing other people now like my time in China you know I, I, all, all the actors in my next film um, I mean all the characters so many of them are inspired by the people around me in China. You know, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, um, the guy down the street. It's all around me. And um, that's what I draw upon, you know, just looking at other people's lives. It's my experience of them. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you don't start doing that, you're just going to end up just repeating and repeating. Ivan, you talked about um, the work that you're doing with the frame in Mystery Road. I'd really like to hear you talk a little bit more about how you were thinking about that. I just, I just wanted to make every image as strong as I could. Um, and I initially was going to start with storyboarding and stuff, but I just, I just couldn't feel it. I, I, I just found, found it difficult to do that until I was on location and looking at actually, you know, you just can't. The light has a, the light. If you know, if you've got all these ideas of shooting at something, and then you turn up and the sunshine's going straight down your lens, you can't do anything like that that way at that point. So, um, I've always coming from a documentary background. I've always had a, an approach where I, I just really have to adapt to the environment, adapt to what what you see. Um, so, I ended up just using. Just keeping that same kind of mentality where you 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 have a few ideas but you're not sure until you're actually there and you're there with the actors and you're there with with the environment um, um, and 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 just really just having a little moment by myself where I'm just really thinking about the best way and you've always got time you know if you you've only got limited amount of shots you can get get in but I'm just, I was just so happy to have some support, uh, like having a gaffer and a, gr and a grip. That was, um, 
that was amazing and that just freed me up to and you know and having the camera team like a camera assistant focus puller all of that just allowed me to just really be very precise in in my thinking of the frame and that's just you know comes from my stills background always i would have been a photographer if if i felt like um i could tell the stories that i wanted to tell by taking photos um you can tell an amazing story with one shot but for me i just felt it was it's, it's just too limiting um to go down that road so but I, I still like to be able to have a shot, have a frame and try and let that frame tell as much as possible on its own and then bring in all the other elements um, later on top of that. Does it bring a different perspective when you're the director and then suddenly you pick up the camera and you start to shoot? Do you start to think of it in different ways? I think because I've started with photography and I've shot a lot of things, I've, I've shot a lot of stuff over the years and it's a very... I feel naked without the camera. I feel, almost feel like I don't know what to do with myself. It's like when I look at that actor through the lens, I feel very comfortable and, and I feel like I can really judge the performance and I have a very strong one-way one, one connection with the actor. And so as I'm looking at them, sometimes I'll talk, you know, even if we've, we're kind of... We, we, we'll, we'll do a few, few takes and then we'll do another one and I'll actually kind of talk as well to the actor sometimes um, it's just a very intimate connection uh, and as well you just really can control the whole shooting environment uh, there's no divisions between different areas you can just you know plonk the camera down okay we're doing this now and um, while they're getting ready it's just me, me and the actors can can um, converse and 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 you know work out what we're going to do I wonder when you got somebody as good as Hugo Weaving, you know, one of the country's great actors in big blockbusters and little Australian films. I wonder when you, when you watch him so intimately work, what it is that makes him so special? Why does, why does he produce the kind of emotions that we feel as audience members through what he does? He's just, he's just got that it factor, you know. I, I, the other night at the, red, at the opening of the festival, I was with him and talking to him, and then I just saw some photograph of him on the, on the red carpet, and, and, and I, I just thought, I didn't see that when I was with him. And it's, as soon as you take a photo of him, put him in a frame, his face just, just does something. And as well as that, he's got that amazing visual kind of um, presence, but it, his, his voice, you know, his voice is so adaptable. He's done such a range of roles with his voice, and he, you know, he can change that voice so easily. So, yeah, he's just like a, like a complete package, but he's just, you know, the, the greatest guy on top of that. Smart, seems very smart too, and thoughtful about these stories he wants to tell. Yeah, yeah, he, um, he's very very much into doing stuff that um, has some kind of come some kind of you know, thing to say, something to talk about, a, a message. You say that sometimes you hear the music for a particular scene you want. What is the next step and the next step to that becoming the soundtrack? Well, with Mystery Road, I, I didn't plan on having any music in the film at all. And, but, but when I was writing it, I, I listened to music all the time. But um, for me, the music in Mystery Road was always going to be the natural sound that you hear, you know, the natural environment. But, but when it's just you, when you're writing, no one else knows 
there's no, no one else can kind of help you because no one can see it. And so you're alone and so you need to, I need to, I need some help. And the music helps my imagination and it helps atmosphere and it helps me feel an emotion. And that emotion, that emotion is what I want to be left in that scene when I finish it. And so there may not, it may not have any music there or it may not have the same kind of music that inspired it, but the emotion um, is what I hope to put into that scene. I'm sure many of you are like me and will treat an Ivan Sen film as something you've got to see. Uh, he's clearly an Australian filmmaker with great sensitivity, great heart, lots of stories to tell. Uh, and we wish both Ivan the, and David as well the, both the best for this film and also for future films. And it's been a great pleasure hearing from them today. Thank you. Thank you.